Hello and welcome to the End Ourselves podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by my deadly duo partner, Franny. How are you, buddy? Ah, great. Great. (laughs) Unbelievable feeling. I think we're all absolutely buzzing with so much to talk about in the comments. Joe P's made a long live. Corvo, a matter of words to describe Hugo, 100% dead, evening all gone knows what we're going to talk about. Jed was good in the karaoke last night. Oh, he was giving the stacks, giving the stacks, Thomas Burns. (laughs) That wasn't even close to our strongest 11, 100%. Corvo, I want you to play like men today. Um, exactly what we done yesterday was stand up, be counted, and be men. And it was unbelievable. San Celtic, endless smiles, 100%. You can't wipe it off any of our faces tonight. What a result, and we're going to talk about it. And I mean, Franny, before we get into it, obviously, we'll have to talk about the Super 6. And at the moment, if I have a look at the table... Kevin Gallagher is out in top in 38 points. Jimmy McElduff coming in at second. Alistair Jack third. Phil Thomas in fourth. Nal Thomas fifth. Ewan Cheshire sixth. Anthony Dunn seventh. Bethany Brennan eighth. Mark Robertson ninth. And Franny, you finally get into the, the top yeah. the top ten there, buddy. <laughs> but like we always say, get involved with it. And the league, the league pin, it's meant to be on this banner, but I've had a nightmare and accidentally deleted the banner and it couldn't be fucked retyping it again. <laughs> so it'll be up it'll be up again uh, next week to join it, but it's going well. Everyone's getting involved. But Franny, what will we talk about? I know what we'll talk about. We'll talk about what time did the lineup come out? About 10.45 a.m. The lineup was produced. And I'll just go off the top of my head here. Joe Hart, Alistair Johnson, Lager Bielka, Liam Scales, Greg Taylor, Cal McGregor, Turnbull, O'Reilly, Abada, Kyogo, Amieta on the left. I put in the art chat. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I'm, go- I'm going to be on these supporters. I have to admit what I said. I was furious at the lineup. I couldn't believe there was no Nat Phillips. He's picked up an injury. We're like, what's going on? Liam Scales comes in. Um, Larger Bielk is inexperienced. David Turnbull midfield, so slow. And I was like, no, 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 this is the totally wrong lineup. How did you feel when the, the lineup was announced? But you, you know, Stephen, I was much along the, the same same train of thought as yourself. I, I thought a bad. I was, I was like, why is he playing? He's never done it. Ibrox, Turnbull. I thought him and O'Reilly. It's, it's a partnership for me that doesn't really work. Scales, you're going well. They bring that Phillips in, but it turns out it, it appears that he's maybe carrying injuries. So the guy that's came in to cover the injuries had an injury, and you're like, what chance he actually got? And I was not confident going into the game. Not not going to lie about that. I was along the line in many fans not confident going into the game. Seen that lineup and said I would snap your hands after a draw. Stephen, no Peter in the bush. Me, you and Ross definitely were. Not not confident going on that into that. I wish God, I know Willie was desperate to be on the right. He actually messaged you yesterday to say, but obviously Sutton's came up because he, he actually messaged us like make sure I'm on the podcast tomorrow. And Sutton's came up that he's had to I know he's got to not be on because I just thought he'd just sat here for the whole hour or whatever it is with a smug look in his face because credit where credit's due, he was the only one in the group chat that was and it wasn't just being a like he was the only one showing a bit of positivity and like obviously we had the reasons for why we didn't want certain players playing, and I think they were they were fair comment why we we didn't want your abadas scales and and tumbles and that playing. But while I was while I was like, no, nah, trust me, this is not as bad as you think and all that. And fair play to him, the boy was bang on. The boy was. Bang I mean, on. 
he and was, that was the only just yesterday. The boy, he's, he's been saying it for a week or so. He's been saying yeah, it he has. It. He's always a, a glass half full guy. Which... Yeah, and that, that, to be fair to me, he called it right. I think we put the fill uh, in the chat. He, he, the first words he said to me was "fuck off, Stephen." So <laughs> I, I mean, we, I do. Willie was positive. I'm sure there was other supporters that were positive as well. I'm John Finnegan. BR showed Brendan Rogers show I was he was an elite manager, made B look like a total amateur yesterday. Absolutely fantastic performance, a hundred percent. But I do want to kind of go back to midweek before we obviously jump into what happened on Sunday. It seemed like to me a whole lot of optimism and more confidence came about from them getting humped by PSV. Obviously, there was the the, the aftermath of the Sajansa game, there was booze at Celtic Park, there were some Green Brigade members that stayed behind. But once the midweek game finished for them in the Champions League and they were out. Did you feel more confident going into Sunday? Because I've seen a total shift in, in, in what supporters were saying and, and what way they were coming across things. It was more negative up until that point. When it hit midweek, they got humped 5-1. It was like, fuck, we can do this. I think it was... They sort of seen a blueprint of how to play against them. And it was it was fast-paced football. Something we can do under... We've done for two seasons under uh, Posta Coglu. Something we know Brendan Rogers can do as a manager. Is if anybody thinks as a lot of folk have been saying Brendan Rogers plays slow, slow football. It's look at his Liverpool team. Look, it did not really play slow football. Ah, it, it's not as fast paced and gung ho as uh, Postecoglou. The football under Postecoglou probably is better, but it's it plays fast paced football when when it matters. But I think obviously on the back of them getting. Getting beat five one, they're out of Europe. Then we start to bring some signings in. It's it's one of the ones for me anyway. My attitude changed because one, because you're getting the signings and you're getting a wee bit excited, going, "Oh well, these guys will maybe give the place a lift and things like that." Uh, and it's maybe just what we needed: some fresh faces, just some something there. Like I suppose we're all claiming it. We're all. Clambering for Palma to get a start off the back end. Eh? Not seen the guy ever playing. It, it was madness. It's, it's madness when you actually think about it. Uh, but I think it was just like you say, getting the bodies in it, it for me anyway. It, it gave you that wee bit of hope that there's like you say the the team hadn't started great to the season. So you're like maybe these fresh guys in, or maybe do a wee bit uh, and stuff. But also I think it's one of the ones that's getting close at the game. You're like well. There's no point being negative anywhere to it. As much as we weren't confident when the team came out in that statement, but it's constantly been negative towards them. It's, it's not got to get us anywhere. They're not going to have fans at the stadium anyway. You've got to try and show your support how, how best you can. And I think it was, for me, it was just the lead up to the game and stuff. It was you're getting excited, the butterflies, all that that comes with the derby games. I think that's, for me, that's where my mood changed, just thinking, right, we need to get behind the team until I seen the starting lineup on Sunday, and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck, yeah. sake!" <laughs> it's one of them things. It was all reactionary, and we're all going, uh, "Why the hell does this happen?" But again, I the game you, you could be me like me like Ross and uh, Wally. They're a bit calculated and fat. That's, that's never happening. That's not us. That's that's not us. Mr. Mr. Freeland, uh, bail on a three-year deal, thirteen million on nine donkeys. Can they afford to sack him? They've lost lost out the Champions League money already. What was it, John Dal Palmerson from Almo? They need the money. Uh, they need the money. You can see that. They need the money. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into the game. I mean, there's Ryan there. Bill ball, bill ball, bill ball. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into the game a wee bit. Obviously, the game started. 
we all knew they were going to come out quick. The supporters were singing Simply the Best, which is quite ironic. I always find it really funny when, when they sing that song, when they're actually simply shit. So it's, the game started really quick. And they were getting on the front foot. The ball was in the back of the net. I think it was within minutes, maybe a couple of, whatever, 35, 40 seconds. I was, it was quite quick. Obviously, the goal was made, so I'll say. But at that point, they did get through. As Matondo played that ball, the Dessers finished it. What were you thinking then? Uh, obviously, if you watch it, Liam Scales totally misjudges the flight of the ball and loses a header against, uh, I don't know if it's Dessers or I don't know who lost the header against again. I think it was that Dessers. And for there, I'm, I'm, as I say, I know we get away with it. It's, it's, it's offside. But for there, I'm sitting going, that's why I didn't want Scales in the team because that's the type of thing I, I, I worried that he's just... Uh, he would mistime things. His his judgment would just not be there, and I was like, "That's not as much as the goal was chopped off." I'm like, "It's just not the start you wanted to go off to." I think you had mm. to try and slow slow the game down to an extent. Like they were always got to come out flying. You would expect that. Um, um, it was one of them. I just thought that's the perfect start for Rangers. As much as the goal was chopped off, I was like, "That's a perfect start for Rangers." Scales, who you're sitting going, to just want to see yourself into this game, get nothing silly. His first one and one is miles away, and you're going, mm-hmm. Oh my god, not this is just the worst start ever. But credit the team, they they were brilliant. They, they, they weathered the early sort of a storm, and I thought first half, I know we're going to see him, but I thought first half we absolutely dominated them. 100%. But I think it was important to bring up that because what you said, I expected them to take the. Keep going and keep going. Like the Joe Hart mm. mistake he made at Ibrox last season, uh-huh. they kind of put the wind, the wind in their sails. They kept pushing mm. for a goal. I was expecting that kind of reaction, but it was the total opposite. But one of the other flash points I do want to come on to before we talk about our individual performances was Lagerbilka. Obviously, two fucking two free too many touches on the ball. Got caught dilly dallying. I think it was Dessers came in. Right, this has proved controversial. We all know what's been mm. said. All the all the referee experts are right. Dermot Gallagher and Sky Sports. Neil McCam does agree with the rule book. He wants to write his own rules. <laughs> Everyone wants to get the rule book at once in sports team, but <laughs> aye, and also a guy who accepted EBTs willy nilly. Uh, but you have to look at a list. When I seen it, I have to admit I turned around to McGranda and it was like he got caught in the ball, and he, it's a goal. No issue with that. But when you've done the replay and you used VAR correctly, you could see the foul. He got his leg in front without making contact with the ball first. Lagerbilka's movements impacted because he was going to play the ball. Therefore, he fell over. And any part of the pitch is going to be a foul regardless. I mean, there was fouls given during the game softer than that. So that, to me, all day is a foul. But I want to come to you about a couple of things here. First of all, the reaction, because we knew it was coming. Rangers are complaining to the SFA already because they're bemused. <laughs> bemused that the VAR actually went against them. It's madness, isn't it? A place that hasn't conceded the penalty kick. But where did, where did you stand on it, first of all, and then the, the aftermath from the action that you're seeing now? Well, first of all, I think, even off memory watching it, I don't think any of us at, at Willie's uh, pub thought that it was anything but a, a legit goal. I think we all, we all feared the worst. We're sitting going, actually, I say whether the early storm, the, the early storm didn't come. I know, as we said, Rangers got off to uh, start with the, the offside goal, but I thought we dictated all that first half and it was one of the ones you were going dilly dally because I, I, we have seen Lager Belka go long a lot mm-hmm. but 
I think Rogers called it right, but he tried to restrict. Like obviously, I think we were allowed to play it long if you wanted to, but it was a deliberate tactic. Don't don't play it long. There's no point playing it long up to Kyle. It's just got to come straight back. It was we uh, just wouldn't have got us up the park. So he did. He dilly dallied on the ball. He got away with one. It, it was obviously a foul. I think, like I say, at the time we were sitting going, it's just we've let them needlessly into the game and put ourselves under. Like, but when you do see the replay, he doesn't. He doesn't touch the ball and he stops Lager Bielka kicking the ball at the end of the day. So it, it's a foul. It's a soft foul. I've agreed to that. Uh, I do agree that Lager Bielka, to an extent, he's got away with one. The fact that he did dilly down the ball, but Rogers called it as well. Players that. Players did the game an angle as well. He did say, like Roger said, it, it wasn't good enough, but he did say that players did the game an angle. So it's kind of covering the laddie, covering the boy a bit as well. So mm-hmm. I thought that was that was good for Rogers. He, he didn't go all in on him. Uh, but I, it's it's a foul, Stephen. Obviously, you'll get Rangers fans will say that we're just saying it because uh, you're Celtic persuasion, and that's fine. I would be greeting about it up there, and I'm not going to deny about it. But as of a course, foul, yeah. It's it's a film and the aftermath of it does not surprise me. I mean, I said it in the chat. It's this is a team that's. I mean, a lot of Celtic fans, including ourselves, <laughs> I know those pesky laws, eh? Pesky laws. Um, we a lot of us thought Celtic were going to get beat. I think the media thought Celtic were going to get beat. The narratives yep. were all being written how Rogers would have been under massive, massive pressure, but we won, and there was. What they are perceiving, it's getting perceived as a dodgy decision went against them. But this is a team that, whether they like to admit it or not, it's an anomaly that they've not had a penalty and domestically since VAR has came in. That yep. You can go into it without seeing every single game and there might be legit reasons why they've not, but you've got to quite... It's an anomaly that no team, not that you go over a, what's it, a year and a half Without like conceding a penalty kick. Without conceding a penalty at home. It's it's madness. So I'm surprised that the reaction, the wind of uh, of our decisions went against them. No, I'm just surprised it turned them to the day to, to question it and ask for like bringing out a statement. I, I thought that would have been straight after the game. But mm. Stephen, let let them do it. It just it makes it so much sweeter. I mean, like, I don't know if you've seen sports scenes. Neil McCann actually was like, like I said, he went... I didn't see it, no. He actually, he goes, I know it's the rules. I don't need to like the rules. And I'm like, all right, no bother, mate. That's fine. It's it's not... By the the letter of the law, it's a foul. But it's no because you didn't agree with it. Okay. Exactly. Imagine... Imagine he was in the VAR box. You were never getting that. Like you're 100 percent working, and I think it's as you said. Just, I mean, it would get... hilarious as well. Sorry, Stephen. Just the fact that they're that used to getting a VAR decision going their way when it went against them, the first stadium started celebrating. Probably. Aye, because they thought the referee pointed for the goal, uh, and they're all they're cheering. That used, used to get the yeah. decisions going for them. And then the next minute, the refs like, "What free kick?" <laughs> but I think like. See, to be fair, I'm not going to deny it. We'll be screaming for it, 100%. Right. But at, at the end of the day, it's in the rule book. And if it happened for us, we'd be expecting the same kind of laws and averages of the game to kick in and the VAR to look at it. What what I was laughing about there in my head was maybe Alan Stubbs has done us a favour by putting the heat <laughs> on the referees before um before the game's even kicked off. He's, he's <laughs> assistant Celtic on that front. But yeah, the, the reaction's not surprising. It's not surprising. And see, to be fair, and look... As much as we all probably didn't like him and he's divisive, Bobby Madden 
tonight. Bobby Madden stood up for a decision and said it was correct. He actually took images and put it up on his uh, social media and described each bit of that incident and came to the conclusion that Don Robertson made the correct choice. It's insane that the most defensive referee probably in my lifetime is coming out and doing that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it just shows you... when, the, when it's in the rule book, they're still fighting against it. We know this. We've seen it with the EBTs. We've seen it with everything. And then they're going to make a statement. And then it's going to happen again where the referees are probably going to feel obliged to fucking not give decisions against them and feel pressured and all that type of shit. That shouldn't be happening in the professional game. And what another opinion I want off you as well, with the, the referees getting involved, the, the ex-professional Bobby Madden, Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports and Neil McCann and does that not just show you as well, like high defensive decisions going against them really is? Because if that's against an Aberdeen, if that's against us, a hearts, a hibs, you're not hearing about it on Ref Watch. You're not hearing about it by Bobby Madden putting out a statement. It gets swept away, but with Rangers, it's creating a big issue. And nobody's talking about the two pushies on Kyogo in the books, are they? Yeah, 100%. Definitely, no one's talking about that. Probably no, but nobody's talking about the fact that I keep Jack Butland then straight after that uh, Connor Goldson pushes him uh, the Dermot Gallagher one I've, I don't think that's a big issue that he's picking up he's it's, he's got that regular slot in Sky so they've got to talk about big moments it's, I, I expect referees have got to go after ex-referees and see what they've got to say about it Neil McCann we know where his colours lie so he's he's always been a big advocate for the rules and as I say Guys are saying it in the chat. The guy brought out a rule book on sports in one day talking about decisions. Look, did he? Uh, did he? He had the rule Neil book. Neil on this? Yes. Yes, he had the wow. rule book one time in sports in talking about decision. Can't remember what it was, but I think it was for Rangers and it was why it should have been getting, why why the decision was correct and things like that. But this is I the guy that doesn't like the rules. Wow, he brought. I can't. Like, I've never heard this before, so that's news aye. to me. He actually brought a physical rule book. Had, the sports thing. had the rule book. Wow, so that's why, incredible. Even, why the, the decision was correct at the time. He, even looking at the comments here, which Cantwell should have been sent off for the for. By the way, he put it Mieta. What's it again? It's intentional as well. Cantwell was getting involved in a a lot of kind of niggles and stuff in, in the game. Never really, really got punished. But um, like that bit, that one where O'Reilly just turns him in the box, man, and he goes. Fly. Oh, well, come on, don't you worry, don't <laughs> you worry about that. Thomas Burns, he said he had a rule book in his pocket. Wow, that uh, Neil McCann, EBT <laughs> Neil McCann, eh? But look, we'll park that issue to the side because I think we're all agreed on this podcast that it, it was a foul. Celtic rightly got the decision for them, which it should be with VAR is used correctly. And that's all we ever want. So you mentioned that we control the game. Lure on after until half-time. And one of the players we want to talk about, first of all, we've been giving them a bit of stick. I think every other bit of Celtic media um, blogs and stuff have been calling them out. Captain Cal, return of the Mac, mm-hmm. he produced his best performance I've seen probably since the middle of early this year, so January, February time, because mm-hmm. the team started to dip after we won the league. I thought he was absolutely incredible. Not only that as well, by the way, the pressure on him. You're, you're guiding that team with the likes of Scales, Larga, Bielka, Taylor, who's lost confidence. A lot of young guys in there, and you're the guy who has to stand up and be counted. And it goes back to what Roger said, play like men. 
And that's what Cal McGregor done for me. He took the ball at every opportunity. He was linking up the play. He was helping out the defence. He was getting involved with attacks. And what I noticed as well, I don't understand why, Michael Beale must have thought he was invisible because he just thought, no, nah, I won't put anyone near him. But it's the best player on his day. He's the best player in Scotland in terms of what he can offer in the midfield. They, they dropped off as uh, Raskin, who's meant to be their version of uh, McGregor, ended up in his own box. He was, wasn't involved in the whole game, basically. Cantwell was running about doing his hair, trying to get involved with O'Reilly. But first of all, Callum McGregor, Fanny, talk to me. Talk to me about that guy's performance. It, it, it turned on a performance. That we know he's, he's capable of, Stephen, but it's the timing of it and stuff. Like we say, he's, he's not had a great start to the season. He has come under some some criticism, which is only right. He's, he, he can't be immune to that. The guy's set very high standards. Uh, his performances in the past, so it, it it's only right that you criticise him when he's not at the at the levels. No, there's obviously mitigating factors, and that could could be the new system. I know folks say good players always play good and uh, and good teams and under good managers, but we played a very unique way for two seasons, and then we're changing that. Not not drastically, I would say, but we're, we're changing it. But I totally agree. Cal McGregor, I don't know if he's goes off confidence and stuff. But why why do why don't stick somebody on McGregor and just didn't let him get into the game? Because if we if McGregor first twenty minutes is playing rotten and getting overrun, means would have won that game easy probably because Celtic if, if McGregor's not playing well, Celtic generally did it did it playing it's it's no coincidence that McGregor was brilliant yesterday and so were we. It's it's absolutely no coincidence that we that he how well he played, but I do agree that they never, they never got on top of him. They never like, I know it's far from a manager, but why not sacrifice a player like they've been raving about this? A few entities never came on. Just Lundstrom, put somebody on McGregor. Just say, look, I'm not caring what you do in the game. You, you, I don't care if he only had ten touches. Just didn't let McGregor get the ball, or when he gets it, just. It, make sure he's passing it back, just didn't let him do anything with the ball, just didn't give him a sniff. Kind of, not that we do totally with Maeda, but there's a reason why we all want Maeda to play against Rangers, because it, it occupies Tavernier. He maybe yep. not do much for it anymore in the game, but he didn't really see Tavernier. And why Rangers didn't he? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, fuck, why... I don't even want to read that out loud. <laughs> why? Why Rangers never put a player on Carl McGregor is beyond me, absolutely beyond me, Stephen. And it just, it, if you got mine in the match yesterday, I don't think you could got, you could have complained. But I just thought the guy absolutely controlled it. I have actually got Mickey Bill's track at top one. Signed to Alistair, it's signed to. Signed by his With mom. tears, with tears. <laughs> I, but uh, I do agree. I, I mean, I look at McGregor as well. And obviously, without getting into their tactical side of things, what I want to talk about most of all is just seeing Carl McGregor enjoy that football again and be that kind of focal point, that playmaker. I mean, there was a point in the first half where he was taking the ball off Largabelt, they taking the pressure off him, taking the pressure off Scales, and he was always there and thereabouts linking up the play. And even if they didn't mark him, which they tried to do in the second half, by the way, maybe nullified him a bit, but it was still we were still effective on the counter, obviously come on to the second half, but I just thought all round, it was just like watching him back to his best, and maybe, just maybe, this is it clicking for him again. I, I, 
It's one of the ones Willie actually put it in the, the group chat the day that like, Willie's a big advocate of the, the national team and stuff. But I think it's the first time he's said he's not that he's not looking forward to Scotland games, but he's a wee bit annoyed about the international break. And hopefully, I don't think Callum McGregor will be, be thinking that because he'll be playing for the, the national team. So it's probably good. And I think we're playing Cyprus. I'm not too sure who else we're playing, Stephen, I'll be honest. But it's probably two games that we'll, we should win. At least Cyprus, you should beat them. So he's probably got to play another game, have a good performance. So I think this. I think he'll kick on. I think Celtic will kick on for this this performance. It's it. It probably was. It, I think we were saying it during the week. I mean, you could label it Rangers as well. Saying this derby match was the perfect game they needed uh, after. Aye. It was. It was another. Like it never once panicked at the ball. Like I can remember me and Ross talking about it at one point. Um. That it was, it nabbed it. The ball was never once. <laughs> um, there is some pink and kind of green in it. Kind of green. <laughs> uh, the ball was never felt like a hot tatty for the majority of the game. Like, obviously, for about 65, 70 minutes, there was the ball got put longer, put longer, a wee bit more, which was kind of expected. But certainly in the first half, McGregor was key at the ball was never once treated like a hot tie. It was like, and that was probably part of the reason why Lager Bell could get caught out because it was like, take it, not necessarily take your time, but just steady on the ball. Just don't don't punt it, just keep the ball, keep passing, and we'll create the spaces. And it obviously, one of the best moments was when we'd done that and McGregor played that ball oh, down the line to a badder where Kyle yes. should have scored oh. and stuff. But it was, I, I just don't, I never got. Michael Beale's tactics against Carl McGregor at all. I mean, looking at Carl Mac, Michael Beale, by the way, got absolutely took to school by Rogers. Let's make that clear. Everyone was confident, everyone was flying, thinking that uh, they were going to win in that. <laughs> but I mean, you, 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 I want to talk about his, I want to talk about his midfield partner. And what what I liked about our tactical setup was I don't know if anyone noticed it, but O'Reilly was deeper with Carl Mac at points in that game. And it was helping him like no end because previously against the likes of St. Johnson, even in the cup game against Kilmarnock, he was by himself. He was isolated. He wasn't getting turned. He wasn't facing the play up. He wasn't making the killer pass. He was always playing it safe. But what I thought O'Reilly done well, Franny, he dropped into the space with him. So it gave Rangers two problems to have. Who do we mark? Who do we pick up? If O'Reilly took it, he was spinning. He was playing in Abada. He was always one-on-one by, with Sterling, by the way. And Abada... Played okay to a certain extent, but he should have took that guy on more. He was right mm. footed, left back. He should have kept going at him. I thought he had the beating of him, but again, it's what he t- tends to do in these big games. But I do expect that consistency level to rise in the, co- the coming games of the season. But just to focus back on O'Reilly, not only did O'Reilly boss the midfield, in my opinion, with McGregor, he was a leader in that team. There was a, a wee bit of that footage at the end when Kyogo was doing his interview. He just came up behind him and hugged him. <laughs> and like he obviously has a major influence within that squad. He's probably a senior right now. And in terms yeah. of that starting lineup and, and his experience with us at the minute, he'd be a kind of senior guy. But again, as well, what about Cantwell trying to go up against him? Didn't match him at all. Cantwell was nobody. Cantwell was nothing during that game. And it was fantastic to see. See his wee tantrums of going doing that to the crowd and all this pitch. Does not work. Does not work. No, none of it. He was hiding. And O'Reilly and McGregor deserve that of credit. 
not only because they worked in tandem, but again, as I said to you about McGregor, O'Reilly, to me, that was his best performance of the season, even though he scored in the couple of games previously. I just fought his all-round game. They tackling, he was getting his foot in. He was athletic, getting to the box, getting with the link-up play. He was marking players. He was doing it from corner kicks, heading balls away, getting in the box, defending. And I just thought from a midfield point of view, we were all nervous then with a lack of pace. He did not show that. He was on top of his game. Like, no, I, th- I, th- I think he's probably been our best player, or at least consistently anyway, that this season. I know we're, we're early doors. Um, but I, for me, no issue with me, Liam Scales getting man of the match, but for me, Matt Riley was probably our man of the match yesterday, in my opinion. I thought he was absolutely, I, I totally agree, Patrick, but as I say, no issue with Liam Scales getting it. The boy did, the boy was brilliant. Um, I, for me, it just, it was, I think we, that we were all, see, we, me, you and Ross were saying maybe put a water in there, even mm-hmm. though there's no chance he's got, got to play, but we're all, ask, we're all asking for somebody to, to go and help McGregor in there to stop him getting overrun and I really done that to an extent and then it, it, he played like a number eight but he was he was up and down and to be fair I Todd Cantman they can't they can't um and that like that one where he just he turns does he does he drag back and turns in the in, oh. a, in our own box and Cantwell just goes flying absolutely flying you're like that's it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy but I I've I thought Matt O'Reilly was absolutely brilliant. He showed that wee bit of dig. I think he's, I think he's kind of, he's pro. I think he's one that's proper embracing Brendan Rodgers' uh, yep. style of playing managerial stuff and that. And I think a lot of folk was trying to pick the bones of things that he said about how he came and talked to us and and the, the dress room and saying it's wee slide digs at Postacogo. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I, I think he seems a respectable enough player that he's not going to... Like Matt Riley was one of Postacoglu's best signings, I think, and was, was pivotal when he came in and played a lot of football. I don't think he's got to be sitting taking pop shots at him. Um, I think it's just this is a managerial side that he prefers the how he does it. And so I, I think he's, he's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely right, and it, it does come across as a senior source. Right? I think he's maybe maybe respected within the dressing room. Don't know, mm-hmm. possibly. Just it seems. I mean, I think the whole the whole group. To be fair, I think we've said that for a few years now. That they, they, they do seem a, a very collective group and stuff. And uh, it was for me, Matt Riley was was absolutely brilliant yesterday. It was ridiculously good. I think even more so. It, it meant more yesterday because of the circumstances we found yeah. ourselves in. And again, it's not an excuse. It's, it's fact. Our centre-half department was decimated. And we're going to talk about the centre-halves. Don't worry about that. But I mean, not only was Todd Cantwell owned by O'Reilly, mm. he was owned by Mieda. And then he was owned by Thiago Holm, who came on and bossed him and, and took the ball off him and then slid tackle him. And it was, it was fucking fantastic. <laughs> but the goal... Let's talk about Kyogo. Um, obviously, he missed, I think he missed three probably guilt edge opportunities that the, the Abada cross where he tried to back heal it. Don't understand that. Nah. Um, the one where he one on one with, with Butland, I think the blood rushed to his head and he just totally fluffed his lines. And then there was another one where he the ran Abada into the box. Through. Abada was wide open and he made the wrong decision. But Kyogo is always alert, he's always playing on the shoulder. The ball breaks last couple of seconds of the half. I think it was O'Reilly head the back. 
um, Sooner missed the header, Goldson missed the header, ball drops, Kyogo pinged it, folly outside of the boot, bottom left-hand corner, Jack Button, no chance. I didn't even celebrate because I thought it was offside. Me and my <laughs> grandma and my brother were looking at each other going, is it a goal, is it not a goal, is it a goal? Get the replay, and you're like, fucking, it's, it's unbelievable. And his record against them is sensational. I think it's six mm. goals in the last five right. uh, Glasgow yeah. Derby games. He's the man we call up, call upon when we need it. He showed up. Yes, he missed the chances, but when the chips were down, when we needed that goal, it settled the nerves. And right at the halftime whistle, by the way, it deflated the whole place. And even the, even his face, he was like, <laughs> Does, oh, he was I loving know. it. Because I think as well, I think Rand put in the chat that he actually said in the interview, he only hit it like that because he thought it was offside. So uh-huh. instinct just banged it. Beautiful goal. Oh, no, it wasn't. It, it, it shows the level of guy that we've got here because, like you say, the one where, funny enough, we are talking about it earlier where McGregor plays that pass over to Abada and Abada plays a great ball across and Kyogo, for whatever reasons, tried to do the wee, the wee back heel and stuff. And you're like, just stick it in, mate. That was... You've been doing that for two seasons. That that was like... Your was goal. the ball behind him? I know the camera. Uh, I don't think it was. Nah, I don't think it was. I think, no. I think he's just tried to be clever. I think he's just tried yeah. to be clever. And it's like, just do what you've been doing for two seasons. That was like how we scored for two years in the drop was just out wide, cross up, bang. Uh, yeah. And then obviously the one where, I think it was the one where he does take too many touches, I think it was Suter came out and got caught in the ball and Arely played a great pass. And he... And he, oh, Kyogo, he slipped away. I mean, it was great movement. When you watch the movement, the movement for Kyle was absolutely brilliant. I just think he takes too many touches on it. It was one of the ones that was like, he just never felt like he was never ever set. And then the goal, like you talk about timing, I think it would say, well, for me, we dominated that first half. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely controlled that. Very deliberate, the pace that we were playing at. Like, it was nice. We, and you think that. Do you think that, like, and, and don't mean to cut you up there, but yeah. I, it always goes back to when Roger said it. I've said it before, I don't want to bang the drum, but he always used to say, you rest when you have the ball. And it just mm-hmm. felt like Celtic were keeping the ball, passing it, moving it, ne- d- deliberate, slow, whatever, just to take the sting out of them because they were kind of mm-hmm. come and really go for us. But it worked at a treat, I thought, in the first half. No, I thought, and, like, let's not get away from it. Like, they had 50-odd thousand fans against Celtic. There was mm-hmm. not one person... And that crowd supporting Celtic yesterday, so it was all about like quieting the crowd, get the crowd against against them and quiet. You're not for me as much as I said earlier. It was probably a fast-paced football was a, a good way of beating them. I think Rogers showed that it was slow the slow the game down if you like, and it's like said just keep the wee passes, draw them out, and then the spaces will open because you'll not. I say you'll not get away with it. Like you, you noticed that yesterday if we played four or five, six passes in the middle of the park, and sometimes it was round about their players, but yeah. if we kept the ball for a good sort of eight, four, five, six passes, maybe up to ten, you could hear the crowd getting frustrated. And then that's oh, yeah. it was almost like a trigger for their players, like, all right, we need to do something about this. And it was it was a perfect tactic, and that was it. It was like we'll keep the ball for wee spells and they'll they will come out because the crowd will just not allow them to sit in. And I think it was very deliberate, as, as Roger said on the Friday. He knows how to win. He knows how to win these games. Um, but yeah. I, that was better than your Irish accent. That was <laughs> uh, not my Irish accent. What are you talking about? That was I'm not that was better, my, my Roger's accent was better than your Roger's accent. Do it again. I know how to win. 
That's horrendous. <laughs> I'd give you South, Af- South African there. Yeah, that was bad. Kyogo's goal see, was brilliant. Absolutely see, see Kyogo as well, by the way. Do you think, we, again, think we should have had a penalty? Hmm. I don't know. I, don't, honestly, I mean, it, don't know. it was blatant two hands. Aye. But when you watch it, the, he's not... I don't know should they really come out of this, but he's not really stopped them from getting the ball. I feel like the ball's not really anywhere near Kyogo, I feel like, but I, I don't know. I don't know, but nah, the, Kyogo just showed again, like you say, he had two great chances, missed them. Uh, two, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm not, don't worry. <laughs> Horrible, um, Thomas, wasn't it? Wow. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, I've got to get the stinks in the group chat for this, man. Um, uh, I had two really good chances and arguably the hardest chance he stuck away and he stuck away mm-hmm. but like he can't get away for how good that finish was I know he's, he's came out and said he, he hurt it because he thought he was offside but if he thought he was offside he's the thing with him day it's not he actually hit it the way he done it he could have imagine just, imagine he thought he was offside uh, and just playing it out of the park or something he'd be like oh think, my god I know and but He's actually like leaning back, hits it with outside his foot and that. And I think the fact that he's hurt it early, that's what's caught caught Jack Butland off because Jack Butland's obviously they've cleared it and it's not been a great header for goals and it's allowed O'Reilly to, to capitalise on the header over the top. So it's obviously they, they're not set. Um, it's not to say if Kyle Glutain a couple of touches, he probably would have stuck it away. But the fact that he's hurt it early, it's caught Jack Butland out and the strength wouldn't hurt the net. Ah, it's just he just knows what he's doing. Like I shared in the group chat, there was a thing I read online that's him now, like say, six goals in five games against him two at Parkhead, two at Hamden, two at Ibrox, and I've won one in each goal. So he scored at every end of the park on, in every stadium. It's, it's an absolute frightening statistic for the guy. Frightening <laughs> more like Miss Brown. And it, it, is, it, it is frightening. I mean, everyone's agreeing here. Tons McNugget, by the way, Meta was phenomenal. I, I totally agree for his work rate was. was Unbelievable at times. But see Kyogo, Cal McGregor came out after the game and he said, obviously tongue in cheek comment, he said, I went up to Kyogo and said, you're the best striker I've ever seen. Now, it's a, it's going to be an age-old debate. We're going to talk about this continuously until Kyogo eventually departs the club, or re- retires or whatever. But I've asked it before, but I'm interested in the comments because, I mean, there's records are there for all to see. Is he now the best striker we've had since Larson? I think so. I, yeah. I've always banged the drum for guys like I. I loved Dembele. I thought he was, thought he was really, really good. But Kyogo's now on his third season, still doing it, and it, mm. and that's no slant on Dembele and Edward. That it's I'm not using the time thing necessarily against them. They've obviously been here. They were there. They're now a similar sort of time anyway. But I know Edward obviously. In the, the COVID season, Edward, he did have his best goals return, but I think he was, tools were down sort of eh? mm. Um But he did have his, his moments against Rangers as well. He, he, I don't know how many goals he scored, but he scored a fair few against them. Um, Dembele, we all, we all know what he done against them and things. And as much yeah. as, it, I, I do, there's three different type of strikers, but I, for me, if, I'm going into my next, my next big game. I'm I'm picking Kyle Goffitz because I think for me, like Cooper, I thought was a really good striker as well. Um, I'm not really bringing Craig Bellamy and Robbie Keane into the argument due to the fact that 
they were just loan signings here for six months. But if I've got a game tomorrow, for me, the only three that would come close to not saying the ability of Larson, but an argument being the best sense would be Edward Dembele and, and Kyogo. If if I've got a, if I've got a game the more against Rangers or I'm I'm picking Kyogo. I just yeah, I, I good. think he's just he's proven as time and time again that he's just he's brilliant. I think Patrick McLaughlin actually nails it for me. The Champions League levels next. If he conquers that, then there's there's no real Aye. argument you can have. But I do yeah, no, I do agree. Folk could argue Dembele because Dembele done it for us in the Champions League. Yeah, and Edward done it in the Europa. So there's there's fair arguments, but for me, uh, it's quite Bicayo, man. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. Just maybe right now in the the sort of a aftermath of the game. But nah, Kyogo. I'm agreeing because I think Kyogo to me, like what we've seen on Rogers, even though sometimes I don't like it requesting it, but his overall game seems to be improving. There's a lot more aspects to it. The link-up play, dropping deep, getting involved with midfield, midfield runners coming off him. He's still in the box. He finishes goals and instinctive as well. A folly outside the outside the boots. Speaking, that I brought speaking it. Instinct, it was we all know his instincts to play in the shoulder, and that's where he got the yeah. goal. That's where he did get the goal, hundred percent. And I think as well, like for, in the comments, people are saying about um, if he proves himself in Europe, I totally agree. But mm-hmm. I just for me, just think he. For four point five million, like Corvo says, there it was a steal. Mm-hmm. We, we probably for us anyway. Like he's won his cup finals and he's won his league titles. He's been involved in cracking teams. And I think on the Rogers, I do genuinely believe his game's going to go to a different level from what we've seen mm-hmm. previously under Postecoglou. It, it, it might not. It might not hit the goal return that he did last season, but I think overall, I well, think what's he on three already? Three already. It means every chance. Yeah. Every chance, but. I mean, I, don't, I think he got, was it 36 or something last season? It was quite a lot, to be fair. Aye, yeah. It's, it's not easy to get to the levels season on season, but I I will not be... If Kyogo gives me 25 goals, I'll be happy because I think overall mm-hmm. he'll have done a lot more. I think as well that the goal spread on the team is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, O'Reilly's going to chip in, McGregor's probably going to get involved, Meira's going to get a few, so it takes the pressure away from Kugel, but Again, Cal McGregor saying that I just thought was absolutely quality. Uh, Stephen uh, Regimson, even the lads there to the party, what have I missed? Do I need VAR? No, man. <laughs> we're going well. We're going well. You can skip back to the VAR chat. It was some laugh. But if we're looking at it, we'll have to talk about defensively, right? We're going to the second half. We're 1-0 up. I mean, the Sky Sports studio was a good laugh, wasn't it? Chris Boyd oh, and Meltdown and, and all that. Lenny having a wee smug face and McFadden just there like a bodyguard. Um, but we they came out we knew we knew what was coming. We we just knew they were going to come out firing. They were going to come out chasing us, like rushing us down. And that's when they put Kemar Roof on the McGregor. Kind of took him out of the game a bit. Joe Hart was going longer. We were losing the second balls. But Rangers huffed and puffed, didn't they? They tried. But what I do want to talk about here is Larga Bell getting scales. I thought, even though sometimes they looked clumsy, sometimes they banged into each other. But when the tackles needed to be made, they made them. They were winning headers very late on in the game. They were clearing the ball. Even Scales was passing the ball neatly to uh, Burnaby, whoever it was, Taylor at left back, creating that angle, obviously being left-footed. I just thought for a centre-half purring, Franny, that's probably, now you look at it, fifth choice if you have all, all your fifth, mm-hmm. all your fifth centre-halves, and that includes Largabielk in that. They were absolutely unbelievable together. To be free in the game like that. I know they played against St. Johnson, but that's this is a different level. This is mental. Liam Scales obviously played there for Aberdeen um, last year and scored fair enough, but Larga Bilt coming from, from
from Sweden. We've seen the Swedish champions dismantle Aberdeen, and they were a, a small outfit compared to us. I mean, their stadium probably held about 5,000 people, so that's the kind of level he's coming from. And to be thrust into that environment and to defend like that, Roger's called Liam Scales a warrior. And I, I thought he lived up that description. And it, it's eating, is it eating humble pie on my part? It maybe is. But we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what they expect. We're all going to have doubts when we see a centre-half pairing like that. We expected Nat Phillips, but he came down with the injury bug. And according to Roger, he, he was never going to be ready. But, but that's yeah. shit. He, he's come in injured and they didn't realise or something. And that's yeah. happened. But fair enough. We'll move on from that. They stuck that out. And I think as much as Kyogo getting the goal, they won us that game as well. Oh, 100%. You can't take it away from them. And like you say, it's, they're not going to be a first-choice pair moving forward. But as I said to John Ellen in the group chat, tonight for me isn't about picking deficiencies in players and stuff. No, no. It's The players have taken enough flack this season so far. They put in a fantastic performance yesterday. And I think they just deserve all the plaudits they're going to get. Like, like I said, we'll touch on the centre, but guys guys like Taylor Abad and Tumble, who maybe weren't they brilliant, but I think when they had, had the ball, they'd done great things with it and stuff. Taylor, I thought, passing wasn't great, but another one's had for the game. I can't remember him doing something where I went, oh, for fuck's sake, what do you mean? What you yeah. do? Like, never was put us under pressure. I thought Tumble held the ball up well. Hardly was on the ball, but when he was, I thought it felt held up. And Abad had just sprung in it. I do agree, maybe she'll try to beat that Jude Spen- uh, that that boy Spencer a wee bit more. But it it done it done his job. And my that was ridiculous. But the 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 two the two centre halves, I credit where credit's due. I, th- I mean Lager Belka, I think, taking that Phillips out because he's obviously been it's kind of an emergency signing and stuff. Um, so Lager Belkas came in probably to, to challenge Navrocki for the partner CCV. Um, so you would expect him to have, to have been in there when you consider who, who we had available. But I think we all worried about skills and skills might not be... They might they might play rotten next game, but who cares? Well, I say who cares... Probably fucking slate them then. I fucking I'm, care. Everyone I fucking know. cares about well, what happens. That <laughs> I think that performance. Lager start with Lager Bill Like he if that goal goes against him, that foul doesn't get called back and it goes against him. It's probably a good chance you lost that game. You could because you've had a good twenty five minutes or whatever it was, and then a stupid wee error and it's got their tails up. That could then just give him, and then he's sitting looking at it, going, "Shit, my first big game, and I've had an absolute clanging and cost the team." But it's no, and he's actually then went on to have he had a really good game. I mean, he tried his best at times to mm-hmm. to make the game interesting because even after that, I felt they were still taking a wee bit of time with the ball. But, but I have to say though, Franny, I have to say though, he he was brave on the ball, regardless of how long it, it took him to, to, to do it. They've been easy to punt it long every time after yeah. that. And then, even in the second half, when Rangers were putting us under pressure, which you expected, they, they were never were never going to constantly cruise that game as, as much as we did in the first half. Um, like, even Joe Hart, hand skills, like, it was, really was the ball getting put it, punt it long. Even for by kicks, we were all sitting going, just punt up the park, punt up the park. But no, it was play it short, but we're sticking to the game plan, keep the get, and I think that was 
that was great. It, it, perfect management for, for Brendan Rodgers. It, it gave them confidence, and they'll gain a lot for that. Like Ross said as well, that one, that type of one nil win is a lot better than one in five nil because you, you'll learn more for that. You'll learn more on the team. He'll know that he can trust in the guys. Um, his skills, a superstar, nah. But yesterday was yesterday skills was. Um, mm-hmm. It was absolutely brilliant. And I say first first header, he missed it by a country mile. They go up the park and score. Yes, it's offside, but again, he could have shrunk and went, oh mm-hmm. shit! And it could have been second guessing himself for their own, but he didn't. He, he let it go. He's like. He's probably said I've got away with one here. Um, let's for, forget it. And the two of them, as I say, absolutely brilliant. Never once looked on like they were always brave on the ball, like you said, Stephen. I looked a wee bit awkward at times, them on the ball, some of the defending looked desperate, but it had to be that there was one where I seen skills just dive in a random diving header, and you're like, What the hell? Oh, got a wee, wee we've, got, we've got a super sub coming in here. We've got a super sub. I Ross had to McCall. just join, guys. I had to just no, join because fine. last time I was on the Monday after, we won, and I just had to do it for just for 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 the good luck and the good vibes. That was good. it. Good, <laughs> good man. Are you staying on for a bit? I'm not, mate. I'm literally bouncing oh, in and out. No but I couldn't let it slide without cool. being here on the day of days where. <laughs> <laughs> what a win! What a win, boy! What oh, a great day, huh? Ah, unbelievable, man! Unbelievable! I'm sure, I'm sure you've covered everything, but I just, you know, the fact that got to say. well, you know, with their fifty thousand or fifty thousand and eleven against us, you know what I mean? And to go in there with arguably a weakened squad, mm-hmm. uh, arguably a, a, a weakened, uh, you know, centre back. I mean, it's not even always our, our second choice centre backs. Um, and to go in there and play like we did, and to also have two goals go against us that were disallowed and should have been disallowed. I don't know what all the noise is about. Um, but, you know, to keep your heads up and to keep going and then have that masterclass of, you know, one of our greatest strikers who's leaning back and stretching and puts it in the bottom corner to complete silence. Trust yes. me, Los Angeles was bouncing in my <laughs> for sure. Good. Good. Unbelievable. Good. But play like man. I won the game. Play love, man. But listen, yeah, I'm sorry incredible. to jump in, but I just knew no, you wouldn't fine, forgive man. me because we'd won. But I'm I'm running around uh, like a lunatic. Hell, cool. hell, talk soon. Take hell, care. hell, buddy. Great to have you on. <laughs> Madness. Uh, as you as you were, buddy. Uh, I no Liam Scales. I say Lager Belker, Liam Scales, fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and he's possibly coached Lager Belker through that game a wee bit and seen that maybe he was wrong because he's obviously like the, the senior figure as much as he's making his debut in that fixture as well um, I I just I thought, he, I thought the guy was brought he proved I mean I, I think me and you anyway offer all my massive apology not that he's actually going to be watching but if he does ever, watch he taxes me every day he watches I will tell him I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Daddy show, show him the grip chat for yesterday when we oh, seen the really? team. He's incognito in that group chat, fair, trust me. Fair play. Fair play to the guy. Was the two of them. I mean, the, def- the food defence was brilliant. Everybody at man was brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Am I being a bit biased and thinking some players played better than they did? Am I? But I think, that, as I said earlier, Stephen, the players for me deserve all the all the plaudits that, that they get. They've proved a lot of folk wrong. But myself including stuff and they've taken a lot of heat since the start of the season. Brendan Rogers taken a lot of heat for the start of the season. And they 
they'd done the job what they were asked to yeah. do yesterday. I, I think as well, Franny, you Neil, but and I, I want to say this as well. Could we pick deficiencies in the performance? Of course we could. Yes. Can we see faults in the performance? Of course we did. Can we see where we can improve in the performance? Yes. But ultimately, this podcast right now is just about celebrating a win that probably looked near on, maybe be impossible to some people's minds. People were wanting to draw, get out of their way point, and we'd be all happy. But look at us now. Monday, we're celebrating. Ross McCall joining from LA <laughs> to say heel, heel. It's fantastic. Everyone in the chat is buzzing. And people have mentioned them in the chat. I haven't forgotten. And that's a certain goalkeeper, Joe Hart. Yes. I think, to be honest, they've put on every Celtic podcast throughout the Celtic media and <laughs> sat in Lennox Town and soaked it all up, being like, they think I'm shite. They think I'm this. Because <laughs> Joe Hart, to be fair to him, produced a really good performance. Not only key saves in key times of the games, calming the play down, yes. calming the centre-halves down, being that common influence at the back. When you're finishing the, a game like that with Ralston, Larga-Bilka, Scales and Burnaby as your back <laughs> four... You need, you need calm heads back there. Joe Hart was that. And I thought he talked them through the game. I thought he rolled back years, even the years previous to when he was at Celtic, when he was at his peak in terms of his presence, in terms of what he offered. And I just thought all round, it was excellent. And he stood up and he was counted. Cal McGregor stood up and counted. The two guys who led us to the, the, the treble last year, the, the main components of leadership, stood up and done the job, what Rogers asked him to do. And we couldn't skip by this podcast without mentioning Joe Hart. And we speak about Liam Scales saying sorry. And I'm not saying sorry because it was justified at the time. Yeah. But Joe Hart produced it. And against Johnson, he produced a key save and keeping us in the game. Imagine saying that against Johnson. But it happened. And I just thought at Ibrox, he was different class. I was like, well, first half had nothing to do because Rangers never had one shot on target. There's only shots on target in the second half. Um, he had one. I, get, I don't actually think he had a really fantastic save to make, but he had. A, I thought he was brilliant. I thought you bang on everything you've said there, Stephen. He, he was really, really good. Like he had the one for Danilo where he came out and he was almost rolling back the years where he'd done it, like spreaded his cell and stuff. Yep. I thought, to me personally, I think if I'm looking at Rangers, I, I think my striker should be doing a lot better there. But take nothing away from Hart. Hart came out, spreaded his cell, made the save. Then he had one two seconds after that again for Danilo where he scuffs the shot, sticks his foot out, saves that. Made two good saves at vital moments. Then he had that one with Lammers where Lammers takes it round him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I still think Lammers should go for it. But again, Joe Hart has came out quick and made his cell big. Could have taken him down, didn't he? He'd, he'd done what he had to do. I thought Joe Hart was was a common influence. It it did look uncomfortable on the ball. Joe Hart has always got to look un- uncomfortable uncomfortable on the ball. It's just like say he's thirty five, he's not going to be ever great with the ball at his feet. We've just got to have to accept that. But Brendan Rogers wanted him to play a certain way yesterday and Joe Hart's a top professional. I'm not getting away for that. And he's he's happy to play that. He knows he he'll know his deficiencies. He'll know that he'll be like I'm not giving myself my best chance to hear my best performance if I'm playing it out with my feet, but he's done it because he's he's a team player, an absolute team yeah. player. And nah, I think that's I think you're bang on, Stephen. It's only fair that, like we said, like you said, yes, there was deficiencies in that performance, there was deficiencies in certain players, 
but I'm not interested in that tonight. I'll be honest with you, I'm honestly not interested in that tonight. No, there, again, why be negative when we just produced mm. a, a literal masterclass on how to play a game, both first and second half? I don't know if you're talking as well, but when we were talking about defence, Arthur Johnson was fucking oh, brilliant. Incredible, mate. Incredible. The wee guy, Matondo, got by him maybe two or three times the first 10 minutes, but see, after that, Aye. Johnson was on him, on him System. all the time. And that, not only that as well, he was winning headers, banging it away, getting involved with the play. And he's really calm, isn't he? He takes the ball, he plays the play. Oh, he's a proper player. Even when Roger said that when he came into the training, he was like, it's good to see him in the flesh. You could tell he was buzzing. He was Aye. back. I do hope I do hope what Roger says correct in terms of there's no injury. He just had to go off yeah. precaution because he, he we need him in the team. Aye. We need him in the team. He's he's unbelievable. But I want to talk about the crowd quickly. Rogers kind of alluded to it in his uh, post-match interview, the one he does like officially that takes forever, and he said he would like the old allocation back seven, eight thousand people and that type of stuff. And let's be fair, Franny, we went there, no crowd, no problem, as people are saying in the <laughs> chat. We, we got the win, we got the victory. But I agree with Rogers. I want the old allocation back. I think it adds a wee bit of spice to it. And Jed Thomas said yesterday, no, yesterday in the chat today, we've been on a long time with Rogers yesterday. <laughs> He said that the, the club made the right call in terms of not letting supporters in in the stadium in Ibrox because we've seen the fighting at the end among their groups. And again, it would have been toxic for 700 fans to be there. I do understand why people wanted to be there, but they could end all this and be like, right, we'll let the old allocation back in from next season. But it looks like Rangers aren't interested in doing it. They've stopped it. And for me, that's unfortunate. I think it adds to the spectacle. It adds to the drama of the best derby in the world. And they've took that away. Oh no, totally. I mean, whatever the media, whatever they try and pretend it to be, we all know they were the first ones to stop doing it. They tried to blame it on everything but us constantly winning there. Um, they even said it's all sold empty season ticket holders, but yet can give 3,000 away at European games and stuff. So there's, you could even, like I think it was 8,000 fans we used to get at their stadium, or 7,500 fans we got at their stadium. So even if they went and goes, look, like we've as a podcast, we've said we would want, um, we want no allocation back, um. So it would be for me. It's just, I would love to get it back, but it's it's miles away. I don't I don't ever see it happening. Maybe you could try and start with going like, well, give them the European allocation. It's a start. It's at least a mm-hmm. start. I mean, I would still, I would still like us to take the seven hundred, uh. But I agree with where that 700 is situated, probably isn't a great bit of the stadium. You're, you're kind of open to everything. But in fairness, not that I've, I think I've been at Ibrox twice, uh, but twice for a Celtic Rangers game. And that was at the old allocation. Things were getting chucked in. Things will always get chucked. I'm not condoning it at all. Things will always get chucked. Well, there was an, there was an object thrown at uh, Joe Hart yesterday well, yet again. I, but again, that's been. Pushed away to the side. No one's mentioning them. There's probably another corner of the stadium as well. Like you could probably, if you imagine, obviously we the way the cameras are set up is as if it's it's at the tunnel where the tunnel is. It sort of speak. Mm. you could chuck the Celtic fans at that left hand corner next to where like the screens are and stuff. They wouldn't get. They would obviously have one side of the stadium on them, but then even the Rangers, if Rangers as a as a team are like, well, we didn't even want to see them on the telly. But you wouldn't see them there. Wouldn't see yeah. the on that. So it's I, I think the SFA I think 
should be stepping in. They should have stepped in ages ago, but as we've as we've seen, Stephen, we didn't need anybody. They've got to start banning their own fans now because nobody's there. But we didn't need nobody telling them. They're fighting. They're doing it. I'd love the old back, but it's, I don't. I, I don't see when or if it could happen. Nah, I don't see it either, especially if we're the only club pushing for it and, and they're not. You need to meet kind of halfway there. And finally, I'd, I'd want to talk about Brendan Rogers here. We've seen the, the pictures online, him fist pumping out of his car <laughs> on the way back to Parkhead with the players. It felt like to me yesterday, Franny, and look, I looked back on last week, he, did, he looked a bit dejected and, and that stuff. That He did, that's fair enough. I think everyone could see that. But what i seen against Rangers was the suave, the, the kind of the ego, the man the manager back out again in full force. It felt like Brendan from the first time was back. And even when he was driving up at the parkhead, he was saluting the fans and stuff like that. And what I do want to give a nod to is his tactics during this game. We spoke about it kind of going over it a wee bit, but the first half we were playing the possession. We were tiring them out. We were, as you said, we were drawing them out of spaces, getting them behind them. We could have scored three or four. Second half looked different only because the fact was Rangers pushed more but I thought we played the perfect counter-attacking game. And if we took more Kerr in the final third with better decision-making, I look at O, for example, he maybe could have took that on and scored, but instead he tried to flick it around the corner. It was well-intentional, but it didn't kind of come off. But what I'm saying is we played both halves perfectly to me. And yes, it felt like we were on to the cosh at, at times, but never in real danger, if you get me. I felt mm-hmm. comfortable. And even when the seven minutes was added on, it felt like they were running out of steam. And we even kind of took control. And at the time, we were playing the ball. We were getting in behind them. I mean, Yang was, was causing uh, Yilmaz, is it, their left back, all sorts of danger. And I just thought we, we controlled the game from start to finish. I know. I think, like like I've said, first half, I thought we were absolutely brilliant. Like I said, absolutely controlled the tempo of the game, controlled it, carried out whatever carried out Rogers' tactics perfectly I felt in that first half. Second mm-hmm. half you probably again not a manager but I would imagine they'd have said at half time they'd have said something along the lines of just give me that again. Just give me that forty five minutes again. <laughs> uh, that's it's absolutely perfect. Um but then obviously Rangers are going to come out. You, you expect that we can't you can't expect to get away with that kind of the freedom of Ibrox for, for 90 minutes, really, essentially. Well, Carl McGregor, anyway. Um, so, obviously, their tactics changed that. And I felt that, that that's when Rogers kind of came into his own a wee bit as well. He he realised that. Probably seen that naturally our players were kind of tiring because he's obviously he's putting on a lot of the reserves and stuff. Like we say, we're not using it as use, it's, it's facts. We've caught a lot of first-team players out. Um, a lot of guys that could maybe be on the bench that are, are unavailable. So um, there was there was players that could have made an impact in that match that didn't. Obviously, you've got Nat Phillips, uh, the boy Bernardo, two new signings, not available for the game. Not trying to say they would have been the difference in it. You, you don't know what they would do. But it was two players that we couldn't, two new signings that we couldn't pick. Um and I second half, I thought, thought it was absolutely brilliant. Like uh, the one way we asked Johnson, I know he said it was. He said it's fitness. I'm hoping it's just a fitness issue. And if it is a fitness issue, it 
that's for me it's not not a problem because we've obviously got the two beat I'm guessing I don't know if Canada's got any games, but I'm assuming they all have so we'll be away way with that. But um if it was just a fitness issue, the easiest thing for me would have been to keep him on and just go look, yep. you've been you've been absolutely brilliant. Skiers, gears everything here, gears it. But he didn't. He was like, nah, I, I realise that could cost me just a bit of selfishness could cost me here. Ralston, go on there, Joe, for me. And even with Taylor, who I like to say felt was struggling at times through the game, and he brought your mate Bernabeu. Took, took him off. Yeah, took him off. off yeah. And brought your mate Bernabeu, who. Big calls, by the way. Big. It's big calls. And like I say, Tumble, I thought he'd, he'd never done anything amazing in the game, but I felt when he had the ball, he never lost the ball. He always kept the ball and, and moved it and kept, like I say, never lost the ball. So we. Whenever he received it, we never it always kept it moving and just kept the kept the flow of the game going. But he realised obviously the legs like Tumble was never the fastest anyway. But he realised the legs were kinda going and brings on home. Mm-hmm. And it just gives us that wee bit more pace, just a wee bit more drive uh helps with the recovery and stuff, like to get back in when Rangers are, are pushing pushing you up and stuff. Helps you maybe get up the park a wee bit of pace and a bit of energy to get up the park because we, we were sitting pretty deep at times. And somebody yeah. like that that can maybe just get it on and drive for a wee bit, just get you up the park, maybe and just draw your fill. And Bob Franny home did really well. I thought he was Aye. really good when he came on. I looked, like you say, he was getting us up the park. Might have only been five, ten yards, but it just gets you out. It gives you a wee yeah. breather. And I think Yang done that brilliant as well. He was. He was getting on the ball and it just, it was a wee bit of energy because, like you say, Abad had, as much as he maybe wasn't on the ball, I thought he'd, he, I think he'd done a lot of running forwards and backwards. So he was, yeah, he was probably tiring as well. So it was just, like you say, it was big calls at the right time. He, he knew when to take these guys off. He did, they try and get the extra five, five, ten minutes at them. He was like, right, they're tiring, get them off, get new boys on. And then yeah, you say, Kyogo was, Kyogo was brilliant, but. But didn't he hear an out ball? Didn't he? he clearly oh, wasn't interested was in the ball. channels. So bring on O, and it, it gave us an out ball. And it, it was that's somebody we were... it was just a bit. It was somebody with a bit of pace and a bit of power up the park as well. Yeah, and that's what we were crying out for, especially mm-hmm. when you're hitting long balls against the Johnson, etc. There's no one to hit. So O coming back from injury was a blessing for me. He was getting involved with headers, and he, he had a couple of good chances himself. And like you said, home. I thought all his, his substitutions were excellent. They were made at the yeah. right times. Right calls. I mean, you're making big calls. By the way, taking off Johnson, Taylor, your two fullbacks. You're literally down the bare bones. You're taking Aye. off Turnbull. You're bringing you're bringing on home. And I thought home to be. I said at the start, he absolutely bossed Cantwell. Cantwell couldn't <laughs> get a sniff, and home does look quicker. He looks smarter, more intelligent feel, on the like, ball. I I think that was a big call for for Brendan's because Cantwell started in a bit an influence on the game and was getting in it, and he probably mm-hmm. just was like, no, I, I need legs in there. I need something just to go and. Pretty much what we'd said maybe should have done with, with McGregor just going somebody sitting him and I think he maybe just said that to home, just just going do do what you do, but then I let him get on the ball. Then I let him get yeah. on the ball because he's he's getting into the game now and that's not what we want. Yeah. I think as well, I think it was a Brandon Rogers masterclass. Right, I really do. I felt like watching us back in the day against them where they thought they were having the upper hand and we were like, no, you're not. We're bossing this game. We're taking it away from us. And as I said the other, we could, we could have scored maybe three or four clear-cut opportunities if we took them and we could have won that game more comfortably. So again, it could have 
been a bigger scoreline. But I think what you said is right, and Ross said it as well. You learn more about your team in a, in a win like this than you would if you're humping a team. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, as I said, we finished the game of Ralston, Larkinville, Scales, Burnaby. We're not going to finish like that again against them. Yeah. You're looking at the Rocky. You're looking at Johnson, Carter Vickers, uh, Scales, Larkinville, not, not Phillips, Taylor. They're all fit. And then you look at the midfield, Tate's to come back. What a player we'll have to bring back after the international break. We're only going to get stronger. And a lot of people in the chat have said this. Rangers put out their best team. Yes. Their best team that they had the offer. Their best players, nine, seven million pound players, couldn't get on the pitch doing nothing. Where we were sitting back, taking up the pressure, and we know in our heads we have all these guys to come back. And that for me, as I said, this could be the opportunity for us. Although it's an international break, but seeing we come back, we hit the ground running. We could take things away from from them essentially. No, totally. And you just need to look at it. So for two weeks, all Michael B will be getting his. You're four points behind. Four games in, you're four points behind. You had a big chance mm-hmm. to beat Celtic. They had had a lot of key players out. A makeshift two two centre halves that are making their debut in this fixture. We had a full quarter to pick for, and you couldn't get the job done. Mm-hmm. He's got to hear that for two weeks on his on his plate. Whereas Rogers was getting stuck for drawing one game at Parkhead. Yes, he went out the cup with a really poor performance. Um. But you can only call as you see it, so it's, Aye, it's fair to have the opinion. Call it, as you see it, the transfer window, folk will argue it's, it's not been great. That's totally their, total, totally their opinion, the right to have that. Until guys are coming back, until we actually see these guys, I'll, I'll kind of deserve judgment as much as I expected a bit more in the transfer market. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say it was it's terrible when I don't know anything about half the majority of the players were signing how good they're going to be. Um, but I... We Celtic and Rogers have taken a bit of stick and they've put in the perfect performance to then go away for two weeks and go like we haven't been great this season. We've been getting tell we've not been we've not been great. We've just turned in a performance at Ibrox and we're four mm-hmm. points clear. That's the the whole narrative's just totally different and that's with Rogers can go away. as I say, we know Rogers is a good manager. We knew it would maybe be one of the ones we just need to play through and it will I think we all believed he would he would get it right. Uh, eventually, this might just help speed it up that that process that players will then get involved and go look. This is what I can do with you. And uh, for me, the whole that result had a massive bearing on the next sort of for two weeks. And Michael Beale is, um, as I say, Michael Beale's sitting with four points behind. Team booed off the park and all that. He's got all. All the crap he'll probably Rangers will be taking on social media. We had the chance of that mm-hmm. being us, but Brendan Rogers and the team were having none of it. And oh. I've showed us we're top dogs. Exactly. And what did what Brendan Rogers say? I know how to win. This team's yeah. going to know how to win. I'm going to show them how to win. And we won. And it also led to the fact as well. I mean, just to touch upon it quickly, I know we're an hour and uh, 10 minutes in and you've got an early start tomorrow. <laughs> but you look at Chris Boy's meltdown after the game was. Absolutely sublime. James McFadden letting slip the Celtics going to win the league. <laughs> Neil Lennon having a laugh and just smirking. Chris Sutton. Oh, Chris Sutton is the best bit of business Sky Sports have done in years. He owns Chris Boyd every time he speaks to him. Oh, it's, well. it's incredible. But like you said, and just quickly, t- touching on Michael Beale, who was lauded a genius, lauded the, the, the second coming. The only place he's coming second is, is to Celtic. Mm-hmm. Let's be fair here, do you know what I mean? 
a touch of wood, obviously. But looking at it, Franny, I think Michael Beale deserves a new five-year contract. What do you think? Oh, oh, I give him it. Give him it. Give him it. Hundred percent. Have you enjoyed? See, by the way, just Chris Sutton. Just when he, there's Kenny Miller was talking about the film, and he was like, he just went clutching. I was like, oh, it's brilliant, just one word. But see, as much as I hate Chris Boyd, fair play, he called a lot out about Rangers. He did, he called it, but that's the first time he's ever done that. Aye. The first time he's, a, usually it's an excuse, or usually the pitch is, isn't clean or whatever. It's, it's always an excuse called for him. Called a lot out, called a lot out. But a lot in that. There, Sutton will probably call Yes, it. exactly, exactly, because Sutton will just be like, you're talking shit. what are you, you know about? I know. Do you know what I mean? But awfully done, tuning in from my apartment balcony and the Orca boys haven't sobered up since yesterday. Good <laughs> man, hope you're having a good time. Uh, Thomas Burns, Sutton is too intelligent for Boyd, 100%. Mm-hmm. Brian Warrior, he shoots his bolt every time he pulls that string under his chin in his mode speech. Wow. <laughs> but again, that brings us to the end of the podcast. As you said, we're four points clear of our, of our biggest rivals in the league, so to speak. We're going to end an international break. Yawn. We all know it's you on. Me and Franny aren't the biggest fans of it. But we'll be back again Friday anyway, talking about all things Celtic and probably talking about this game again because we're all buzzing off it. Have you enjoyed this podcast, Franny? And and the famous words of uh, uh, Ralston, love it. I love that. Love it. Oh, that was brilliant, by the way. And everyone <laughs> watch along. Thanks for sticking with us. 86 strong at the minute. What I would say is like and subscribe and share all that stuff. We're trying to grow as well as, as a podcast. We appreciate everyone's support. We'll be back again Friday where we're still four points clear of our rivals and we're still happy and we're going to have a good week. Stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.